Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. So our lives every day. Thank you that your word says that your mercy is new every day. Allow us to see it, Lord. Allow us to, to see, Father, what is around us, Lord. Allow us to see your faithfulness, Father. So we bless you as we as we look into you, Lord. David says, when he goes to the mountain, Father, that is where he sees who you are, Father. So we bless you for the strength that we receive from you. And we praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. We pray for the word this morning, that your word enlighten our hearts today. And in Jesus' name, we pray this. Amen. Amen. We have a, a guy called Joe Namitz. Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe. 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 Meet all of you, and uh, I'm really grateful to be here. It's my first time being here with you, <clears throat> with Mike. We have a story to share. When we uh, once met in Zambia, we went to some church outreach, so it was his first time, I guess. And we really had a good time because the distance where we used to go and take the gospel, it was not so close. We need to walk at least a good two hours. Yeah. And it was good for him because he used to exercise a lot. So. <laughs> I think I need to send him to Zambia. I might not come back this time. <laughs> so yeah, we really had a good time with him. And um, we just got so along, was on my group. So each time we could, when he gets tired, he just like, ah. Looked at me, come on, I was still going very far. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's really a wonderful man. We invited me once to come to Cape Town and say, hey, whenever you want, feel free to come. So I came in 2017, is it? Yeah, yeah 2017. Right. Then I left back home in 2018. So this is my second time to be here. Mm. And uh, he was like, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to church. I was like, oh, yes, I'm super excited. Uh, so he brought me here, that's so why I'm here. So um, I'm Joe, I'm from Zambia. I believe in Zambia. And uh, yeah, I grew up in the church ministry, just like that. And uh, I'm here to learn more. Okay. <laughs> welcome, Joe. Welcome, Joe. Yes, welcome. welcome. Thank you. Were you surprised when you came when he said he's taking you to church and you show up at a house? Oh yeah, I was like, I asked him, I said, this is the church, is it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 you gotta excuse little Ethan there this morning, okay? Ethan, it's his birthday today. So uh, I asked Louise not to shout at him today. If I didn't ask you, didn't Louis. hear, yeah, you're hearing it now. I don't shout. Thank you guys for coming this morning. Thank you for this week. You, you blessed my heart this week. And uh, I want to start like this. When we came to Cape Town, just before we came to Cape Town, I think in 19,000, I had this. In our heart, there's a new church on the horizon. A new old church, a new type of church on the horizon. That's it. And now, 22, 23 years later, it's still there. But this week I came to the conclusion, why do we take the futuristic mindset of the future and bring it into the now? I want to challenge you, can this table become the model for the new church? Oh yes. It really that's, a, that's, a, that's a question and a half. Because I want to come from two angles this morning with the word church. You and I know the word church does not appear in scripture. Please don't be surprised. 
the word ecclesia or the word the church means kirit, kirik. That's in, that's in the Greek, kirik, kirik, kirik. That's the word for church, basically. Now that word does not appear in the original manuscripts. Right. I want to ask you a question this morning. If you right now go up to the heavens and you come into the, the computer room of the heavens and you try to find the application called church, do you think you'll find it? If you double click on the application called church, will it be, will it be in an illumination on the screen of the heavens will church come up? What do you think? If we double click on the word church right now in the heavens, nothing will come up. Nothing will come up. Because the current structure of church, the current facilitation of church, that will not come up on the screen of the heavens. <coughs> then the thought might be, has this word been deleted? That's what I thought. And then something struck me. It doesn't come up. Because it was never there. It wasn't deleted. It was never there. That was mind-boggling to me a couple of years ago. The church as we do it now does not register with the Father's concept of church. Hello church. It's very rude. It's a very rude introduction. It's awakening. The church as we do it and as we know it, does not register in the heavens. Meaning, it's wrong. For the last 1,800 years plus, it, we've been doing things wrong. How, can, how could the early church on the book of Acts have done so much, reached the whole known world at the time? And we now, we are in a global village, everything is at our fingertips. <coughs> But the landscape does not represent God's image. How do we, how do we, how do we reason with that? Can we say we are right? I've come to the conclusion that this is me now. Daryl Few, I don't want to be associated with current church format. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I don't have time for church, right? I'm saying that I do not want to be associated with what I have been going through the last how many years since I'm born again that's me now because when I look at the word church and what we're doing now it does not represent the will of God that's a strong word and that's a word from the heavens that dropped into my heart this week my heart was heavy the whole week I couldn't understand it why do I feel so sad about church why is church not palatable in the mouth of the Father? That's, I'm speaking now metaphorically. Why is church like this, and this is ugly, out of the mouth of the Father? Church does not appeal to God the way we do church. That to me was eye-opening. I had to wake up and this thing was talking in my spirit this week. Every time there's a movement of God, God restores a principle, restores a truth. With every move of God, there is an activating truth or principle in that move, right? For instance, Pentecost. You and I know Pentecost, right? How it started. Pentecost started like this. In America, with John Seymour, a one-eyed pastor, right? Speaking in tongues. And the whole church caught fire. Spiritually, and from there came the Pentecostal movement. The principle that was restored there was the language, the language of the Holy Spirit in the new believer, in the new man. We in church made that glossolalia the movement. It wasn't the movement, it was just an, an element of the movement. So today people still speak in tongues, but we haven't changed the landscape. Right? Then there comes other movements afterwards. How many of you know the renewal movement in the charismatic movement? The renewal movement was to do with the gifts, the power gifts. Guys like John Wimber, Peter Wagner then came to the front. John Wimber was a powerful guy. 
you would come into a meeting, right? And you would, you would minister healing and prophecy on different levels. And he had a team who, while he ministered, the team was walking between the benches, between the aisles. And if they felt somebody here needed healing, needed the word, they would stop John. And John would prophesy, or they would prophesy to the meeting. It was powerful. How come didn't we move on from that experience? In that very movement, there was guys called like John Kane, Mike Bickle. Powerful guys, powerful guys. John sent for them. But we haven't migrated to the next level. John Sanford said, we still prophesy our children. Now for him to say that, and I love his books very much, his teaching very much, for him to say that, for me, was, was eye-opening. Scott Webster, a guy in Congress, WBN, right, says in 2004, they were having a meeting, a round table with all the leaders of Congress in the Bahamas. And the emphasis was this. God is reshaping the prophetic. And because of God reshaping the prophetic, they had to come to the point where they say, let's understand, let, let the leadership of the Congress understand what God is doing there now. And then from that, they have migrated the prophetic powerfully. I think... What I've read and what I've seen, what I've, what, I've, what I've done research on in the church. These guys, Congress, are way ahead of the church when it comes to the, the prophetic. With all due respect to the rest. I am not saying the others don't matter. But I'm saying these guys have taught me a lot. Even with that being said, why haven't the landscape changed? You know why? There's something called misinformed theology. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, people are destroyed because of it. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. The next verse says, because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you. That's God speaking. God says to the church, you reject knowledge, I reject you. You go on with your blessing services. You go on with your, with your rigmarole and your scheduled program services. I will reject you. I will not be there. But the blessing will produce a sensation that will cause us to think God is there. Okay. I said all that to say this to you. What are we going to do about that? Are we going to go on with church mentalities? Because with all the movements, with all the restoration of truth, God wants us to, 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 to receive and to do. The problem is, no matter what the truth is, no matter what the movement is, we all take that back to church structures. And that's wrong. That's why it's stifled and they dies. Hello, church. It stifles and dies. Remember the words when Israel went into Canaan? The first words God said to, to Joshua. What, what was the first words God said to Joshua? I always thought it was a rise, take the people over. But when you go read the scripture, God says, God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. I looked at that and I said to myself, can it be that God says, the structure in which I led the people now, up till now, I'm not going to do that anymore. Hello church. The Levitical order possesses the heavens, right? As you heard. Right. Joshua comes from the tribe of Judah, the kingly tribe. No. That possesses the land. No. So God says, the Levites operated in the heavens. Joshua, you take what you have learned from Moses as a Levite. No. And bring the heavens into the earth, into the promised land. That's how you will inherit the promised land. No. We've been playing games with God's structures. No. Been a, it's been a very disappointing, depressing, disturbing week for me. Because my mind was not at ease. Couple with that. This whole week in our household, we had no running water. Yeah. The whole that week. The smell we 
You can come smell me this morning. I washed with a little bit of water. But what I'm trying to say to you, it's not nice to live without running water. I mean. Right? Apparently, the owner wants to switch their responsibility to supplying water and make it private. It was not the original agreement, basically. And when last week Friday, not this week, last week Friday, a week, a week, so about nine years ago, the switch came, they bought meters and switched it around. And ever since that time, we had no water. To make Ma, it but don't they have to inform me? Sorry? They don't did. they need to inform they me? Did. They didn't inform us just, but they didn't tell us when they're going to do it. But according to the state, the council, the municipality, we went to them and asked them, they said, no, they have the right to do that. But they need to inform the municipality. So that's not the issue here. I'm trying to say to you, it's not nice to live without running water. Mm. But how can the church do that? No. How can the church live without living water? water. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. We are stuck on what God said yesterday. Yes. I'm saying to you this morning, Moses is dead. No. And then I'm going to use a strong word now. No. Church as it is out there does not interest God at all. Mm. Hello? Mm. I sometimes find myself, I long for a prison of succession. Don't tell me you don't. Yeah. I long for a powerful prayer session where I'm touched and I'm moved. <clears throat> I long for somebody to speak in tongues and somebody to prophesy. I long for, I, I, I long for good soul preaching. Preaching, my brother. Mm. No. I long for that God shut me up. God said to me, that's not me. One of my friends said to me, he was in Makassar. You got used to driving on devils and demons and praying for the sick and every problem in the whole of Makassar was brought to him. And he was all over the show. Here a campaign, there a campaign, there a prayer, and yet signs and wonders. <coughs> and one day he was thanking God. He said, God, thank you for this, that you, this ministry you've given me. And God said to him, what ministry did I give you? And he said to God, this signs of wonders, healing. And God said, I never gave you anything. <laughs> I said to him, what did you say? What did you tell God? He said, I could not even say a word because I knew what he was saying to me. He said to me, God was speaking to me, but I knew what he was saying to me. And then he said, he said, from that moment, he never prayed for the sick. In meetings again he stopped his 10 crusades god said teach my people this man sitting here in front of you is this command from the lord bring my people back to me now that was not now that was about two two and a half years ago right man when lockdown started god said to me bring my people back to me i do not know how i still don't know how because i'm telling you right now the church, God's people, is full of lies. Full of deceit. Full of wrong doctrines. It's full. And these wrong doctrines, like Goliath, are parading up and down the aisles in church. Like the truth. Challenging. With other words. The problem is, if we remain ignorant, this facet of church, this level of church will continue and we will frustrate the heavens all the time. As a prophetic, as a man with a prophetic voice, I tell you right now, I'm tired of just complimenting the structures in church. The, the command is to break it down, <coughs> to overthrow it, to park up. And to destroy it. That's the command God gave me. Yeah. I'm after your mind. Put your hand on your head. Say, my, say for me, my mind is under attack. My, my mind is under attack. By truth. By truth. You laid your hands on your head, not me, okay? Okay. Right? You anointed your head with truth. Our problem is this. We do things the way it was done for years. And we keep on doing it. Without asking, are we affecting, not society, are we affecting nations? One of the big things I've discovered, if we separate the gospel of salvation from the kingdom of God, the gospel becomes personalized, privatized. 
Yeah. It's I and me and myself. Yeah. Narcissism. We become selfish. Oh, Have you ever listened to our prayers? God bless me. God meet my family's needs. God, my children is going to school. Protect them. It's all I mean, myself. The unholy trinity. Right? But that was very hard. Now I'm going to become easier on you, okay? Will you allow me to become a bit easier on you? <laughs> How does God build church? I can't. I believe years ago that God builds church, builds church like this. He gives a man or a woman a vision, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I believe that. Mm. I also believe that you choose the area and you change the area. That's what I believed. I also believed in a numbers game. Not knowing that numbers means gangsterism. 200 souls for Christ. How are we going to get there in 10 years? 20 souls per year, right? That's what I believed. I was told that at my own school. Write the vision down. God builds church like this through sonship. Yes. That's the only way God builds. He builds through sonship. <clears throat> Whoever embraces <coughs> in Christ then gave me the power, the right, the ability to become sons. children, sons of God. <laughs> so the moment you embrace me, you become sons. Unfortunately, in the order of Greek and Hebrew, there's different levels of sonship. But in the church, do not teach sonship. You're not even going to know the, the infant level of spirituality. What's the infant level of spirituality? When you focus on your needs. A baby, a baby, Cannot feed itself, right? Yeah. Who feeds the baby? The Parents, the mother mainly. The paternal grace feeds the baby. What does a baby do when, when the baby is wet? Cries. Cries. What does a baby do when the baby is hungry? Cries. What does a baby do when the baby is naughty? Cries. Everything is crying, crying, crying. If you take your binoculars down Sunday morning, you can see all the crying in church right now. All the crying. And those mothers on the pulpits are putting in Tummies and milk into their mouths. They're feeding the baby. We came this morning for a bottle. I don't serve bottles. I give you blood cold word. Okay, are you okay with me? Yes. This is me now. I cannot afford to turn back and be pastor. I am not a pastor. You know, the panarotis don't serve pasta. I'm serious, guys. Mm. You and I have to make a decision. Are we going to become committed to the new order of God? Mm. If you are not committed to the new order of God, find church where you like it. Yeah. Oh, but Pastor Darrell, you're putting us on the spot. No, I'm not putting you. I'm putting myself on the spot. Because you can decide, oh, I'm walking away from this guy. I also mean decides now, I'm walking with him there of you. I lose guys, am I, am I right? Mm. I lose, I don't lose baby. Will you allow it? <laughs> Good question. Good question. I don't think I'll allow anybody of you. Even if you even if you make me so mad. I'll go to Pinelands on behalf of you. I'll sit there in that houses, that mad houses. I'll come back for your sake. I put my neck on the block for you guys. My aim is to build Christ in you, not to build Adam. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Therefore, you see, I can be very tough at times. Yeah. Recently, somebody came into a meeting and you can see the person was very sad. I said to myself, oh, how was your day? I had a very tough day and a very tough week. Life is tough. Mm. And I could have gone out there and said, the Lord bless you, the Lord comfort you, the Lord edify you. And I said to this person these words, Daryl Few is a very tough person. Mm. If you're going through hell, don't stop. And the next word was, you have to learn to suffer well. Because mm. this man went to God many times, mm. and I complained, and I cried. And God said to me, suffer well, my son. This was designed before time began to grow my son in you. Mm. 
allowed it. This water crisis at home made me so mad and I realized, hey Daryl, Adam is still here. And I had to die. Karen daily to die. How does God teach me to build Christ in you? By building Christ in me. Amen. That's how he teaches me. Yeah. He builds church by sonship. Mm. I'm not going to be long this morning. Because I want to minister to you prophetically. And I'm not going to ask you to allow me. I'm going to minister to you prophetically. Mm. And whether you like it or not, you will get ministered to. Mm. And that ministry, that ministry of the prophetic will have an effect upon your life from now on. Amen. Say amen. 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 Right. You said amen and you agreed. Eh? Amen. I'm not going to rough you up. Mm. I'm going to rough you up really. <laughs> Sonship is an extension of God's grace into the earth. Listen now. Sonship is an extension of God's grace into the earth. Let's break down the word grace. The word grace means, for me, character of God. You are a son. How does God reveal the character of himself to the world? Christ. So he builds grace in you. How does God build, build grace in you? Can anybody here tell me now, how does God build grace in me? Are you married to men? Extension. I think I can allow you to go through the hard things. You'll be able to see how you can grow. Yeah. Extension of fatherhood. Extension of, of, of God's character. Extension of, of the father. That's what the son is. It's an extension of who the father is, basically. Okay? But how does God. You will never answer that again. Never. How does God build Christ in us? Christ. How? That's the medium. How? Branched Christ. How? By studying. You studying. Now listen to me. He's right. He gave gifts to the church. Now this is where, 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 where we have gone wrong. I'm studying all the wrongs in church at the moment for myself. Right? It's where we've gone wrong. He gave apostles, prophets, teachers, Evangelists and pastors, okay, fine? Mm -hmm. To develop programs for church growth, okay? Mm -hmm. To develop counseling, to develop this and develop that, right? No. Wrong. For the equipping of the saints yes. for ministry. And the ministry is expressing the image of God. Yes. That's what we are here for, the fact that you can, you can go read Ephesians chapter 4, read the whole chapter because that chapter tells you how God builds grace in your life. Verse 4 of Ephesians says, but to each one, each one. Now, if you're not one, you're schizophrenic. Something wrong with you. One is one, okay? Yeah. To each one here, God has given grace mm. in relation to the gift of Christ. Yeah. What's the gift of Christ? Now, let's pull the glass this morning. What's the gift of Christ? How does God build grace in your life? I just opened it here in 1 Corinthians 13. The greatest gift <laughs> is, mm -hmm. is the eating. Love. No. Right now. He gave to each one a, a measure, a matron of grace, ability, right? In accordance with the gift of Christ. Now the question is, what's the gift of Christ? The cross, right? Yeah. Wrong. No, no, the gift of Christ is not a cross. They in context. I've learned from scripture from Bible school. Scripture has to be understood in its context that it's written. We are prone to take one, one verse out of and quote it. For instance, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. That's not personal, that's for Israel. God tells Jeremiah and Israel. God knows the plans he has for you, not you. You can apply it here, but the context is Israel. So the context in Ephesians chapter 4 is the gifts. Right? He gave gifts unto men, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and pastor. That's the context. And then he says, 
But to each one of us has been given a measure of grace in relation to the gift. What's the gift? The apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor, which he, read, which he opens up in verse 10 and verse 12. He says, He's given you grace, ability, in accordance with the gift in front of you. I was scared to say these things in church. People would say, You're promoting yourself as a grace. I'm not promoting anything godly. Listen up, listen up, listen to me now. Michael, Karen, we are together for a year and three months, okay? Around there. <coughs> Slightly more. Have you grown? Definitely. <coughs> did, you, did you grow? Yes. Yes, yes she's good. No, <laughs> I respect that she has to say, I'm going to No. The aim here is to grow you. Yeah. That's the aim, to grow you. No. Did you grow? Yes. Did you grow? I have definitely grown. Dion, did you grow? No. I can ask anybody, did you grow? But let me tell you what. Since we started the table meetings, I've grown a lot. I, Daryl, have grown a lot. I'm telling you that. You know why? To all of us here, we can see because we preach. When, 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 when I met the Apostolic Reformation, I was taken. But the last two years, my life has turned around completely. To the point where I stick out my neck, like John the Baptist, and I say to you, they can chop it off, it will grow again. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. I'll speak the word. Yeah. People get angry at that of you. Before I used to, I used to say, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. Friday I was speaking to a guy that was in a meeting in Manenberg where I told them, they were having a prayer meeting. They were having, and they were blasting the heavens with prayer. Of all the provinces in the country, a big map in the middle of the building. And I was asked to go stand on the Gauteng because I was the only Gautenger there. And I said, no, I'm not going to. I didn't like what they were doing. And then a guy had a funny premonition. Let's ask Daryl to close the meeting and pray. And then he said to me, your prayer and your statement of prophecy was like cold water on the meeting. And I was angry at you, Daryl, because I am your friend and you, you ashamed me, ashamed me. Because when I got up, he said, you said, all you did this morning here on this prayer map, you entertained the devil. And he said he was mad at me. And then he said to me now, a couple of years later now, I admit to you, you were right. We entertained the devil in our prayers. Mm. Now, when you say such things, people get mad at you. <clears throat> you can get angry and withdraw. Yeah. I used to no more. And I'm saying to you right now, with the prayer thing, I'm sticking up my neck. There's a new order of prayer in our midst. I listen to Elsie's prayer, and I told them what's up. I feel so proud of it because it's the new church is taking shape, guys. Sonship <coughs> is an expression of the character of the Father into communities. Sonship. If you say you're a son, what character trait of God are you expressing out there? Are you listening to me? You can go Sunday, and then you swear your brother in the heart. That's not the character of God. I've seen I've seen that basically daily for the last three years. Right. Sonship is the highest extension of God's grace into your life. Grace. Sonship tells you who's in charge. Remember we were speaking about firstborn son? Firstborn son carries a lot of blessing. Well, one of the blessings it carries is the favor of God. The firstborn son carries the favor of God outrightly. I'm going to just do my best to close as early as possible. If I don't, you can blame me. 
Jacob said, I work another seven years. So in that, in that whole scenario, 
Jacob has 13 children, twelve sons, one daughter. Right? Leah bears children. Rachel cannot bear children. And she goes to God and complains to God. And God mercy her. And she gives birth to Joseph. No. What was the other one's called name? Benjamin. Name again? Benjamin. 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 <coughs> the word Benjamin means son of my right hand. Come on. Son of my right hand. The word Ben means son. Yamin means right hand. She said, This is the son of my. The woman called him the name. This is the son of my right hand. This is my right hand. After the firstborn Joseph, right? He says, Benjamin called my right hand. God is raising up a son now at the moment called Benjamin. Benjamin. His firstborn in rule and reign in kingship. Mm. Are you with me this morning? Amen. The firstborn son has rights that no one else has upon the earth. Mm. Every born again saint is called firstborn. Mm. No one has more rights than the other. We might have rank, we might have stature more than the other one, but your status as son is the same firstborn. You're a firstborn. We have rights. The fact that we are said to be upon the throne in Ephesians 2 verse 6 speaks a lot, speaks a volume of apostolic wisdom. We are seated in heavenly places. Mean we are seated upon the throne. We are Benjamin upon the throne. We are God's right hand in the earth. My, my right hand will sustain me. God depends upon us to bring his plans to pass. No more time for scoping. No more time for complaining. No more time for crying. Oh God, I'm going to a tough time. Go through it. I think I told you already, I love one song of Ron Canoli very much. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Because you're going to burn. <laughs> you're going to become Kentucky. Or you're going to become Nando's. You're going to be spit fried. We must grow up quickly because we are being trained for reigning. God cannot put a child upon the throne. Okay? As long as the son remains a child, he must be given into the custody of tutors and teachers. He will remain a slave, like he will be like a slave, <coughs> as long as that happens. No. He will be a slave, although he has right to the throne. Yeah. Another thing with sonship is this, do not go and take your authority prematurely. Mm. Grow into your maturity. Mm. The prodigal son went ahead of his time and said to the father, I want my inheritance. I warn you now. There's no inheritance without training. Yes. Hello? There's no authority. There's no rulership. There's no governmental authority in your life unless you've been well trained by the hand of the Father. And sometimes the hand of the Father is tough upon you. Tough upon you. No more time to complain. Be like me. I thought I was clever when I told God, Oh, you tough father, bring it on. My word, I will never say that again. <laughs> never ever say that again. <coughs> I'm trying to show you, favor does not come automatically. Favor comes because you've grown into stature. The configuration of favor upon a child of God is a marvelous thing. And this is not a New Testament concept. It's an Old Testament concept that has been refined in the New Testament. Mm. Every firstborn son born into a family, I told you, was given to the priesthood mm. and to the service of God. Mm. And then they would nurse, the priest would take their child and nurture their child. But if the parents then decide, we want the son back, we want this firstborn back, they would come back to the priesthood. And they would pay five shekels, grace, five number of grace. Mm. They would pay five shekels 
and then the priest would give them go read he go go, go read Leviticus chapter 11 chapter 17 and chapter 29 they, they would come and they would say to the, the, the priest we want the son back we want our child back and then the priest said this is the price you pay and then they would pay the price and they would, the son would be released into their custody like this you now go and raise the child up for the service of God yeah. in other words if you don't do that mm. you'll be judged yeah. not the son you'll be judged yeah. same happened with, with Abraham and Abraham said God I love you God said oh you love me give me your son yeah. so he took Isaac up huh? and God said no no <coughs> your son. I do not accept that offering I've got an offering already claimed before the foundation of the earth was laid yes. that's the offering right. I accept that's the firstborn son. And that firstborn son is in all of us this morning. Yes. And it's got enormous grace. Matthew 28. All authority. Yes. In heaven and in earth has been given unto whom? Christ. Does Christ live in you? Yes. yes. Say this after me. If Christ lives in me, if Christ lives in me, and He's got all authority, and He's got, got all authority in heaven, in heaven, and in earth, and in earth, then I have, then I have all authority, all authority in heaven, in heaven, and in earth, and in earth, right now, right now, Amen. Do you believe it? Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Now this is not the privilege. Amen. We're gonna show it from now. You're gonna show who son you are. A godson? Yes. Or are you a son? Or are you a stepson? No. No. Firstborn. Is God your father? Yes. Or is he your uncle? No, he's my father. Because your uncle won't care about you as much as your father cares about you. Your uncle will not discipline you. I had an uncle. If I would get the hiding from my mother, she raised me. I would run to my uncle. And he would say, Sorry, man. Sorry, man. And you shot at my mother. And that was the most ungodly thing you could ever do. Let me tell you something. Children know how to manipulate parental guidance and grace. Our grandson, he runs to me. And I will say, Come, come here. I'll take him away from the disciplinarian. And I'll sit with him. And I'll say, to him, Go back now. And that's when I go back. But now that I have also started to discipline him, you're not getting this, he doesn't come to me as often. <laughs> you know why? Because they manipulate. Mm. Don't manipulate the system of grace. I ask you in nice. Mm. You will suffer from grace deficiency. Mm. Say the word grace deficiency. Grace, grace deficiency. It's a dangerous thing to be in. It's a dangerous thing you can either be in the, in, 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 in the, on, on the side of grace deficiency or grace sufficiency. Yeah. You decide. Yeah. There's a lot more to say about the favor mm -hmm. the firstborn son has. Check for me the time and the phone there. Yeah. I haven't been doing an hour yet. Yeah. But your grace, your grace <laughs> in front of you, which in your place is their own view, right? Mm -hmm. Determines whether you make it or not. I'm saying it again. Who's your grace? My brother. The others are still considering me. <laughs> I'm your grace. Just grace, yeah. Determines your future. There's systems by which God operates. He doesn't just do things at our whim. From now on, you just can't run to God with your problem. Apply the word of God to your problem. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't be like a mother that's been sorry for the child, that's got a scratch on the knee, and you apply band-aid. Mm. Be like the mother that loves the child. Wash that little scratch or that wound with salt water. Mm. Or today, what do you use? Sablon or something? Yeah. What's it with that tattoo? Or what's, what's with life boy? Yeah. The child will get the life and the boy together. Please, I'm trying to show you 
There's principles in the work of God. In the work of God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just operate lightly. You have executive authority here. Please, you've been given the right to govern. Yes. If we understand what Jesus was building, mm-hmm. he's building a government, a governmental core in the earth. Mm-hmm. He is not building church. Yeah. He's building a son, a matured son in the earth. Yes. That's what God is building. Mm-hmm. Don't lament, you don't complain. I'm sitting here with prophecies that God has given me and on the table. Mm-hmm. I can't give it. Why not? I don't want you to be judged. Serious. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when, when God gave me a word, I've got to be a father. I've got to take that word and say, Father, I will father this word. And how can I father the word? Through this teaching of the word. <clears throat> Some of you have grown. Some of you have grown. You know why? If I could have, if I, could, if I gave out certain words to certain people around the table, they would have been gone from the table. Now you're thinking, now, oh, who's that now? Maybe you. That's why I love you so much. I take the word of God and I harbor it in my heart and I treat the word of God like it was given to me. What would I do if the word was given to me like that? My mother told me once, take your clothes and get out of my house. Twice she did it. The first time was because of my calling. I was willing to do that. But my sister stepped in with fatherly love and stopped the whole scenario. Sometimes you've got to learn. And this is prophetic acumen. Not to be so quick with words. Mm. All right, Elsie? Yeah. To keep quiet. Mm. What if God gave you a word for the person to pray the word into reality and change the person around? Mm. Hello? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, your word can become a judgment. Mm. Whilst in God's eyes, it was not a judgment. Mm. But it was just a building block to build character in the person. Mm. Is it okay? Can I minister to you prophetically now? Mm -hmm. I must 